0: You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit narcissismfree.com or pathbacktoself.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, we're going to talk about competition versus cooperation in a narcissistic society. Back in the year 1850, Charles Darwin came up with this theory of evolution and concluded that survival of the fittest is how man evolves. May the best man win. He wasn't referring to the physical fitness of an individual, but rather man's ability to adapt to his environment. From the advent of Darwin's theory of evolution, the church began to lose its authoritative power and government took over. We as a species began to embrace a more competitive way of living and being in the world. In our search for meaning, we once looked to spirituality to not only tell us how we got here and what our purpose is, but also to give us moral and ethical direction. But after Darwin, we came to believe we were more random accidents of nature who proliferated according to our superiority, and not only as as a species, but as individuals. The more superior we were as individuals, the more likely we were to survive. Now, when I'm saying we, I'm talking about as a whole, as a group. I'm not saying everybody lost their religion or their belief in God. It's just the direction that our society began to go as a whole. Alexander Lowen, the author of the book Narcissism, tells us that disorders of narcissism Began to become more prevalent in our society as we experience loss of human values. So many were experiencing lack of concern for the environment, for the quality of life, and for one's fellow human beings. Lowen says a society that sacrifices the natural environment for profit and power betrays its insensitivity to human needs. The proliferation of material things becomes the measure of progress in living, and man is pitted against woman, worker against employer, individual against community. Wealth occupies a higher position than wisdom. Notoriety is admired more than dignity. Success is more important than self-respect. The culture itself overvalues image and must be regarded as narcissistic. Lowen tells us that the narcissism of the individual parallels the narcissism of the culture. Our culture is largely steeped in the values of every man for himself. It didn't matter who you took out on your way to the top. We had entered a time of extreme competition and greed. The more anchored we were in the competition model, the more narcissism we saw. We began to experience an evolutionary leap in consciousness in 1945 after the first atomic bomb was dropped. We suddenly became aware of our ability to destroy ourselves. If our competition model led us to destroying our entire planet, then who was the winner? Who would really win? According to Barbara Marks Hubbard, who speaks on conscious evolution, nature responded to our growing power to destroy ourselves with a new adaptation of our species. She worked closely with biologists, Jonas Salk, who who was responsible for the polio vaccine. Jonas Salk contacted Barbara Marks Hubbard after reading some of her work and told her that they were two peas in a pod. They thought alike. He called her a mutant, like him. The word mutant was used in this context to mean the mutation of our species to include a new type of human being, one that would lead our civilization to a higher level of consciousness, one that involved cooperation and co-creation rather than competition. The mutants of our society saw themselves not as individual random accidents of nature, but rather a part of the whole. This was the beginning of the conscious evolution or maybe even the conscious revolution. You might also call it spiritual awakening of our species. The mutants of our species were naturally drawn to the cooperation model. They were more aware, more conscientious, more empathetic, and more compassionate. They held a higher vision for humanity intended to devote their lives to the awakening and healing of our planet and its people. The levels of narcissism on the planet had been increasing with the narcissist of the world still strongly aligned with the competition model, which included beliefs like every man for himself, kill or be killed, and win at all costs. Of course, there was a direct conflict between the competition and the cooperation model. The mutants were attempting to cooperate, even with the competitors, and they were being squashed on many levels. People who were aligned with the cooperation model were doing what they felt to be the right thing and the good thing, the natural thing, with their eye on a win-win solution where the people aligned with the competition model were seeking after the win-lose solution. The win-lose solution was in alignment with the ideas of survival of the fittest. There must be a winner and a loser. One had to be deemed the fittest or the most superior. I believe much of this dynamic was happening on a largely unconscious level. However, the mutants of our species were becoming more and more consciously aware, which meant we were becoming aware of the competition model and the incredible narcissism on our planet. Now, I consider myself to be a researcher by nature. And this is an area that I'm really excited about. I've noticed Many scientists and spiritual leaders were saying the same thing, although they often used different language. Many scientists were talking about this new human, which, according to Barbara Marks Hubbard, had its roots in what scientist Jonas Salk was calling the mutants. The new human wasn't just a spiritually conscious human being there were changes happening on a biological level as well. We were in the process of an actual mutation of the species to a species who was much more consciously aware and cooperative. This would be the only species that could survive on the planet because our planet was rapidly being destroyed by a species focused on competition. Although we might look alike on a physical level, some of us were very different on the inside. We thought differently. We felt differently. We had a different vision. Some of you may feel like you're an alien on the planet. You don't understand how people think. You, you have a hard time with what's going on around you. If this is true, you're probably a mutant. Although Darwin's theory of evolution was more about a species' ability to adapt to its environment, the prevailing beliefs seemed to be more about conquering one's environment. It's ironic how the mutants of the species were actually adapting by bringing back lost human values and concern for its people and environment. I noticed a new thread amongst certain spiritual leaders, quantum physicists and and scientists. They were talking about much of the same thing. We were beginning to see the emergence of a much more compassionate human. Scientist Greg Braden was driven to marry science with spirituality and has been a leader in this realm for decades. Bruce Lipton, the author of Biology of Belief, is a cell biologist who brought us the story of the metamorphosis of a butterfly from a cell perspective. He's the one who brought us the story of the imaginal cells and the resistant cells and their role in the metamorphosis of the butterfly. And I've talked about this quite a bit in previous podcasts. Bruce Lipton tells us that the cells of our body form a complete community where each cell has a job to do and works in cooperation with the other cells for the survival of the whole body. If these cells were in competition and not cooperation, how could our body survive? In the metamorphosis story Lipton talks about, at the end of the caterpillar's life, it can't eat anymore. It's grown to full capacity And its job up until this time was to consume and digest. So the cells in the body of the caterpillar were all active in this process. But when the caterpillar reached full maturity, the cells were thrown into chaos because they were out of work, so to speak. They didn't know what their job was. They didn't know what to do. Cells with the exact same biology appear on the scene and offer a new vision. And these are what Lipton refers to as the imaginal cells. They are the visionaries, the mutants. They are the cells that will eventually form the body of the butterfly. The resistant cells, which are the ones who are trying to keep things the way they always were, fight against the imaginal cells, attempting to kill them off. The imaginal cells threaten the status quo. Ironically, Barbara Marks Hubbard said that Jonas Salk had a name not only for the mutants, but those who resisted change. There seems to be the same principles discussed by Bruce Lipton who talked about the imaginal cells and the resistance cells. It's the resistance cells that want things to remain the same and the imaginal cells that are moving the whole into its new form. The human beings in our society who Salt calls the mutants, we may also call cultural creatives. We might refer to them as lightworkers, visionaries, empaths, sensitives. Cultural creatives is a term that was coined by sociologist Paul Ray and psychologist Sherry Ruth Anderson to describe a large segment in Western society that has developed beyond the standard paradigm of modernist versus conservatives. The concept was presented in their book, The Cultural Creatives, How 50 Million People Are Changing the World and that book was released in 2000, I believe, where they claimed to have found that 50 million adult Americans, slightly over a quarter of the adult population, can now be identified as belonging to this group. They estimated that there were probably about 80 to 90 million cultural creatives in the European Union as well in 2000. The ideas I speak of are not just lofty spiritual ideas, but are being talked about by so many brilliant minds of science and spirituality. Ironically, the marrying of science and spirituality is being embraced by more and more people. Spirituality captures the inner journey, the inner sense of our evolutionary choices, and science supports the spiritual philosophies with what is happening under the microscope. What we're noticing on both the level of science and spirituality is that our species is in a time of a giant evolutionary leap in consciousness, which is also happening on the level of the DNA. If you look at our species as the cells in the body of humanity, we see the war going on between the resistant cells and the imaginal cells. This war is going on within each human being as well as the collective body of humanity. Those of us who are drawn towards a higher vision for humanity and see the power of a truly cooperative species are the imaginal cells arriving in a timely manner to facilitate the metamorphosis of our species into its new form. The resistant cells, once again, are the cells that fight for things to remain the same. In the body of humanity, It is often those with the greatest wealth and power who fight the hardest for the status quo. Because if these people adopted a cooperation model, they risk losing their superior position in society. Bernie Sanders, who's running for president, is talking about our need to bring about change by adopting the cooperative model. He talks about how we need to take care of each other. He brings our attention to how science is telling us that we only have about 12 years left before we go past the point of no return with the environmental damage that we're doing. We all have a sense of urgency, like we're running out of time. Our current model is not sustainable. In order for human beings to survive We must evolve. We must evolve into a species that cooperates for the highest good of all. The age of narcissism is dying. A new age of cooperation is being born. I talked in the past about how narcissism was taking its last stand. We're becoming more and more aware of it. And narcissism can't operate in the light of our awareness. It has its power in deception. We may be deceived into believing the narcissist is cooperating with us on a personal level or in the corporate world or in the religious structure. But the deeper truth is that the narcissist is driven by competition and a need to destroy those who it perceives to be a threat to its superiority and its need to win. In the metamorphosis process, the imaginal cells find the power to fight off the resistant cells by clustering. They form groups and find strength in numbers. Abusers can only truly be successful when they isolate their victims. They remove they're victims from friends and family, from their support system, and so they can completely dominate, control, and ultimately destroy their target. But when we have the support of the group, this can't happen so easily because members of the group can perform reality checks with us and help us to see a certain behavior as controlling or abusive. Left alone, we may be deceived and believe that the abuser really has our best interest at heart. Clustering is imperative to our survival, and so coming together with like-minded others is important. This may feel difficult for some of you who might feel a lack of support in your life. I've talked to many people who feel the majority of people in their life are narcissistic. Perhaps it might be helpful to see these people as being high on the competition spectrum of humanity fighting for the status quo. And if you're a threat in any way to that status quo, you're not going to be received very favorably. So it's important to understand that the number of mutants, lightworkers, visionaries, healers, cultural creatives who are awakening to a higher level of consciousness are growing there's more and more of us awakening each day in Bruce Lipton's examination of the metamorphosis of a butterfly the imaginal cells arrive during a period of chaos and focus their attention on creating the body of the butterfly but do these cells arrive out of nowhere or do they simply turn on or activate It's more that they seem to awaken to their mission. The codes within their DNA become activated and they have a new sense of purpose. This is what is happening in humanity as more and more people become activated, awakening to a higher sense of purpose. If you're someone who feels isolated in your journey, remember others are out there. Find them. You don't have to walk this path alone. Initially, the resistance cells kill off the imaginal cells. They seek to destroy them. And this is what the narcissists of the world do to the people in their lives. But as we align with our mission and purpose as awakening agents of change for the evolution of our species, we learn to stop feeding the resistance, both in ourselves and in others. Our resistance shows us where we are fighting against old ideas and beliefs and against other people. When we see resistance in ourselves, it's important that we remove it and keep our focus on what is coming into being rather than what is falling away. The caterpillar has outgrown its form. It can't go back to being a caterpillar. The butterfly is coming into being. We're no longer just an individual fighting to stay alive. We're part of something so much greater. We're part of a collective mission to bring about a new humanity. I was certified by Dolores Cannon in a technique called quantum healing hypnosis. And I was drawn to Cannon's work because she had a way of hypnotizing people and communicating with their higher selves the aspect of a person that had access to higher knowledge or universal wisdom. The information that came through the thousands of hypnosis sessions Canon did was mind-blowing. People were talking about how they came here as volunteers to help with the transformation of humanity. Many talked about a new earth, which was a utopia compared to the earth we currently inhabit many talked about how the earth was going through its own evolutionary process and it will no longer support the old energies that have been so destructive. The earth can no longer support the energies that are not sustainable. The old ways have to fall away in order for the new earth to come into being. And this change needs to happen rather rapidly. The call to awaken that's happening for so many people right now may feel overwhelming, painful, and even lonely. Yet it must happen in order for each one of us to come into our new form. So when you wonder why you're struggling so hard and experiencing so much pain and anxiety, keep in mind this is your evolution to a higher form. You have to let go of the old ways within yourself. You need to learn to stop resisting against what wants to fall away in your life. Allow everything that is falling away to fall away. Let those people who are falling away go. Move towards those who support you, who are loving, kind, and compassionate and caring. The old resistant energies are fighting hard for their survival, but they're not going to survive. These are the cells that must die off in the old body of humanity in order for the new to come into being. Our inner metamorphosis is a microcosm of the macrocosm. What we see happening on the outside is also happening on the inside. What is happening within our own body is happening within the body of humanity. Although this process may feel deeply personal, it's divinely guided. You're part of the whole. Your life is important. You matter. You have a job to do. Your life has a purpose. Your life purpose may not be so cut and dry as to align with a certain job or occupation, It's more about your embracing fully who you are, shining your light, doing what you love, being kind and loving to yourself and to others. Learn to listen to the still, small voice within. Follow your instincts and intuition. You will be led to where you belong. Many people after a narcissistically abusive relationship will tell me, Kalia, my life's no longer the same. I'm not the same person anymore. I miss who I used to be. What you need to realize is that the narcissist is the catalyst for your transformation. You won't be able to go back to being the caterpillar. The more you resist what is and try to get your old life back, the more stagnant, that you're going to become. You'll likely experience depression, anxiety, and a lack of passion and purpose in your life. The key to moving through this dark night of the soul is to release resistance and be willing to let the old life go. Let the old you go. Be willing to undergo the metamorphosis process. Be willing to die to the old. And be reborn to the new. Start listening. Go into the stillness. If you're feeling deep pain and grief, go into the pain and grief and just be with it. It will dissipate over time. If you find that you're fighting against the narcissist in your head, just surrender. Stop fighting. Let go of the rope in that tug-of-war. Let that person go both on the inside and on the outside. Remember, his or her role in your life is of the catalyst to awaken you to your higher calling. I feel my work as a therapist has not been so much to help people to recover from narcissistic abuse, but to undergo the process of transformation that's already activated. It's about helping people to release resistance to the past and embrace a higher vision for their life. It's about moving past fear and developing more insight and faith. It's about recognizing who you are on a higher level. We've got to release the old religious models that tell us we're worthless sinners. We have to heal those core wounds that tell us that we're not enough. We have to heal our ancestral wounds, the programs and beliefs we've inherited from our ancestors. None of these old programs will work for us anymore. We're in the process of shedding them. Bruce Lipton tells us that our beliefs affect ourselves and our consciousness. When we believe that we're inadequate, worthless, and not enough, our lives reflect these beliefs. But when we believe we're lovable, worthy, and important, we can thrive in our lives. What we believe matters. And this is why it's so important to heal those core wounds that have been encoded into these negative beliefs. We need to learn to adopt a new way of being in the world. The old is no longer working. We need to learn to be cooperative, with ourselves, and with like-minded others. Let go of competition. Embrace cooperation. Be a part of the evolutionary process of humanity. Embrace your role as an imaginal cell forming the body of the new human. There are many names being given for the new human, But this is the butterfly of humanity, the one who flies above our former perspective, the one who can sustain itself on the new earth with new beliefs and new practices. Transformation rarely happens without chaos. I once heard Deepak Chopra say, it's through chaos that we give birth to the dancing star. We are that dancing star. We are the ones that we've been waiting for. We are the creators of a new reality. So let's come together and embrace that new reality. Together we can pull away from the crowd that's in chaos and align with other imaginal cells in dreaming a new world into being. If you feel like you need support in this process, I'm here. You can go to my website at narcissismfree.com and if you click on the link for counseling and hypnotherapy, you can learn more about my work and even schedule a session online. This is an exciting time that we're in. But none of us are really meant to do this alone. So let's come together and help each other to expand and grow into our new form. I want to remind you if if you'd like to support Pandora's Box Radio and the many podcasts that I'm bringing to you, you can sign up as a sponsor at my Patreon account. And for as little as a Price of a cup of coffee every month, you can be a big support to Pandora's Box Radio. You can find the link in the description box in my podcast, or if you go to pandora's box radio.com, there are links on the left hand side, and my Patreon link is there as well. So I appreciate your support. It's really helpful. I want to thank you for listening. I will see you in the next podcast.